1: Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm
2: Tony Cookston.
1: Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. Tony, we're going to be talking about Trex today. They have a ginormous line of products and everything you could ever
2: imagine for your deck. Well, it's that time of year where the sun is out. It's beautiful outside. Everybody wants to be outside, and the more time you spend outside, the more time you spend asking yourself questions about your deck or the lack thereof. Right. Or you're standing out on your
1: deck, and it's uh, falling apart. Right. It's rotted. You've pressure washed it for the fiftieth time. Yep. And you've applied stain
2: to it every year for the last fifteen years. You went from a you went from a clear, transparent stain. To a solid color, to a solid stain over the course of the last ten years, or even that rubberized. Have you seen the rubberized and then, one? Yeah, Geico deck. Then you went to Geico and covered the whole top with this uh, solid <laughs> surface stuff. Yeah, but now it's time to move on to something it has bit the with dust. less maintenance, with a long warranty that looks as good twenty years from now as it did the day you installed it. Right? Yes. Trex decking and the thing is, is the stuff that they sell is not just decking they, they sell a full complement it's an entire deck experience <laughs> deck experience <laughs> is there anything that you would need for your deck that they don't sell I mean concrete. Yeah, they don't sell concrete. (laughs) Definitely no concrete. (laughs) There's no concrete. I mean, obviously, there's a few things in there. I was going
1: to say furniture, but I'm pretty sure they sell furniture. They do,
2: indeed. They sell Trex furniture. All of the stuff that you need to have the most amazing thing. And anyways, so we want to talk about some of those things. Maybe broaden your horizons a little bit. Maybe there's some things that they make that are offered that you haven't thought about. And uh, you want to capitalize on that. So we're going to talk more. It's a bit of a wish list, really. Yeah, I mean, from the, the Trex website, they have composite
1: decking, which we all know, uh, composite railing. They also have uh, deck framing. So they, they actually do make a steel framing product called trex elevations that would replace your pt right so you would never have to replace your deck ever interesting uh they also have a drainage solution which we've uh have are very familiar with uh trex cladding this is a new one where they're actually making uh they've made it to where you can use trex decking as a siding right a sidewall application a cladding Uh, they've got a clip system that's uh pretty phenomenal uh, they also make outdoor lighting, furniture, pergolas, outdoor kitchen cabinets, fencing, lattice, cornhole boards.
2: They make cornhole boards? That's crazy. That is. Uh, I mean, I feel like that they, if they're taking it to the nth degree, they want to be. They want to be America's supplier for everything outdoors. No kidding. They even have fire pits, like
1: fire outdoor fire and water features. Wow unbelievable. So uh yeah, Trex really is, they've got it all. Uh I'm not going to say all of this stuff is available locally and readily available. I would just call first. Sure. Uh like I know somebody, they do they make spiral staircases. Did you know that? No,
2: I absolutely did not know they that. They make
1: they make or they they source spiral staircases. <clears throat> and one of my customers actually got one.
2: It took quite a bit of time. Uh but it is out there you can get it you're looking at all this stuff on trex.com i assume is that what that the website yeah trex.com t t-r-e-x.com trex.com they make a lot of stuff there they they market their product very well yeah
1: yep so uh that's what we're going to be talking about today we're, we're going to be talking about some some tips and tricks uh from front to top front to back top to bottom uh, we've got some installation tips things to consider some value engineering. Yep. Things to consider like that. Some, some, And uh, value, like you said. We'll, we'll be able to give you, uh, we're going to give you some ideas to get the most value for the dollar that you're spending. Right. First one that comes to mind for me is the Trex decking comes in 12 foot, 16 foot, and 20 foot lengths. I've had people come to me and say, I want a 17 foot deck. 17 foot by 9 foot deck. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, really? I mean, are you just trying to save a tiny bit of money? Because Trex comes in 20-foot length, so you might as well buy an extra joist, put it out there on the
2: end, and make your deck 20 feet. As opposed to cutting off three feet and throwing it away. Right. paying to throw it away. Yes. So, I mean, it's
1: yes, it might cost you a tiny bit of extra framing material, but yet you're you're getting most the most value for your dollar by making it those standard twelve foot, sixteen foot, or twenty foot lengths, or somewhere in between. Now that doesn't always apply when you have like a running bond or a, or what, what would you call like a a hardwood flooring layout where you have randomized joints. Oh sure, that wouldn't always be the same because you would typically be able to use that next piece, right? But it it just you know things like that. That just makes sense.
2: Yeah, and it's notable to say that, of course, the cost of the material for the under framing, right? Your posts and your joists and your beams, all of that stuff is a as a percentage much less expensive than what you're paying for the finished product up on top the treks. So to maximize the treks, and and uh, because it's more expensive than everything else, makes the most sense.
1: Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. A little bit about all of the different Trex products from, you know, decking to the framing, handrails. Uh, and But a little bit later, we'll get into some warranty and maintenance because people that have already jumped on that bandwagon and they know the value of buying a Trex deck. We're going to talk about a little bit on how to maintain it.
2: Yeah, we're also going to talk about some of the things you can do to extend the life of your deck. Like we know like we were just talking about, the framing, the underneath portion of the deck, uh, tends to be, have a shorter lifespan. It's the weakest link. Yeah, well, it has a lot to do with installation, right? Is, is Is it installed properly? Did you buy the right product? Is everything, you know, is everything ventilated properly? All of that stuff plays together, but ultimately in the end, it is the weak link. That's where the, that's the point of, the weakest point of your deck is the framing. So if you can extend the life of your framing, maybe out to match the life of your decking, well then you'd really be bringing some uh, bringing some value to your yeah. to your project. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all those things. Yeah,
1: should be a pretty good show. We uh we love Trex products. Uh they're, you know, one of our number one sponsors of our show. So of course, uh but not even that, they just they really make a beautiful beautiful product. So uh, it should be a good one
2: yeah and available at all par lumber locations and of course if you're listening to this show on the radio there's a par lumber near you <laughs> yes there you know, is we, this is something that we already know so you would you would want to shop at par anyways you get great customer service at par that you go to the counter there and ask questions advice of course is always free and welcomed you'll always find a, a kind friendly person at a par lumber location and and a good mix of product and of course good prices as yeah. well yeah
1: and nowadays you don't have to worry about anything everybody's wearing masks yeah and washing their hands and sanitizing
2: <laughs> so uh, make sure you bring yep. your mask for sure absolutely all right we got to take a quick break when we come back more trex products for this summer project you're listening to tony corey your weekend warriors don't go away
0: Show built by Parlumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about Trex decking. Trex makes a full line of every product you could ever imagine for your deck. Uh, but probably the most important thing uh, when considering to build a deck and how to get the most out of your money is with the framing. There's a lot of things that you have to think about in the front side before you even start framing. I run into this all the time. People come in, they've already framed their deck, and they say, all right, I think I want to go Trex. Maybe Cedar. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe that. Well, I'll tell you what, after you've framed your deck, thinking about the decking that you're putting on it is too late. It's too late in some cases. Because there's certain things when framing a deck that you have to think about. For instance, if you have uh, a your deck that you've framed up and you've framed it at 24 inches on center, say you've framed the joists, that's too far apart for treks. Trex requires a minimum of 16 inches on center. It's, so that's it's the first thing you have to think about.
2: Standard for cedar or, or exterior woods uh, elite decking is 24 right that's standard for that so no problem it's very common for the last 30 years uh, we've been building decks on two foot centers to put wood decking down but the fact is that's not the case with composite
1: right all most of all composites require at least 16 inches on center Uh, and the other thing with composite decking most of them are one inch thick or around one inch thick and. That's different from your standard wood deck that is an inch and a half. So if, you have, if you're trying to flush out with something like, say, an entrance or an, a door, uh, then you're going to run into problems because it's going to be a difference of thickness there. That's absolutely right. So it's something to think about ahead of time. Another thing is if you're framing in commercial applications, those, most of those will require 12 inches on center. So, a little bit of forethought—what you're doing and where you're doing it—will save you a lot of time and money, and frustration later on.
2: Yeah, twelve inch on center is required for the stair treads. Um, Yes, that is to say, for most of the Trex products, there is, as we found out actually recently, the the Trex boards, the less expensive Trex boards, um, the Select or the Enhance. That have the, they have the extruded S- yeah, bottom scalloped or scalloped bottom. bottom. Mm-hmm. Those actually the stair treads have to be on nine inch centers, and that is notable. Here's something else: if you're planning to build your deck, and you and you're pl- and you haven't started framing it yet, take this into consideration. Does your decking does your deck need to be thirty inches off the ground? Is it absolutely necessary? can you can you find a way to get your deck below 30 inches at 30 inches off the ground? A handrail is required. This will significantly impact your budget. yeah. Handrail, while beautiful and amazing, is it expensive is very expensive more than you'll pay for your decking. I mean, it can double the price of your project easily. And yeah. so so if there's an opportunity for you to build a deck that does not require handrail, instead, you may put, planters or furniture chairs or some of these other things or a step down or steps all the way around. Yep. If there's an opportunity to avoid using handrail, uh, you can save a whole bunch of money by keeping your deck less than 30 inches from the ground to the surface of the decking less than 30 inches. That's important. That's a pretty good tip. Yeah. Uh, One
1: thing too, that you should consider or think about before you frame your deck is Are you going to use a picture frame? Now, what we mean by that is the deck, normal decking, you just put it down front to back, and you're good to go. Traditionally, it runs uh, parallel to your home. Yeah, yep, and perpendicular to the joists. Correct. That's not always the case. Sometimes you see weird houses where the joists run
2: the opposite direction,
1: parallel with the house, and then you would run your deck boards perpendicular. perpendicular. Mm -hmm. That's not very common, but it can happen. Uh, but you have to think about the, what we call picture frames or breaker boards is another term used to have picture framing in the middle of the deck. And what, what people will do sometimes is break that deck up into segments for, to use whole lengths. We had talked earlier about saving money uh, by utilizing, not saving money, but getting the most value for your dollar by utilizing the length structures that you're limited to, which is 12 foot, 16 foot, and 20 foot. So say you have a 41 foot wide deck. That's a big deck, but tell you what, Tony and I were recently on one together that was a little over 40 foot long. So what they did was, they put breaker boards in the middle and what that does perpendicular to the other deck boards, And you create a separation between one section and another. And it worked out awesome because they don't have any butt joints, any seams. It's just deck boards right up to your breaker boards. And they're rolling. It looks really
2: good. It's also an opportunity to add a little bit of character to your deck by changing the color of your picture frame boards. So that they sort of contrast the color that you're using so if you're using something that's maybe a light gray go with a dark gray board or or the same in the other colors but it gives a lot of character to your deck as well as being an efficiency that can get you a better value for the money that you're spending on your decking
1: yeah yep uh one thing to keep in mind though if you are going to do picture frames it does require extra framing and blocking this is again this is kind of one of those challenging things that if you don't think about ahead of time once you've framed your deck and you haven't put in the forethought and planning that you're going to cause yourself a lot of changes you're going to have to cut and probably move joists and add blocking it's just a pain right so if you think about it ahead of time and do your framing plan according to how you're going to do it later it would just save you a ton of time the same goes for installing a product called elevate or I'm sorry rain escapes uh, Rain Escapes is a, it's an awesome product, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it, it essentially is an underdeck water management system. and it goes between the decking and your joists. And you have, you're limited to the widths on the troughs and the lengths. So you have to think about that while you're framing it, because if you wait until after and you've got it all installed and you've got all the flashing installed, you're going to make it much
2: harder on yourself to install that product later on and if you're doing it yourself if you're not doing it yourself and you're having a contractor do it then that contractor is going to be charging you more labor which is going to cost you more money not to mention you have to buy more material which is also going to cost you more money so a forethought can save you time and money and money (laughs) (laughs) And, and more money yeah and more money and it's
1: always a good idea uh if you are doing these products or projects or you're thinking about these projects I run into this so often when dealing with um, people that have never built a deck before or a homeowner who is there, you know, it's, they're going into their first project, big, large project like this. They're just, they're anxious to get going. So they say, well, let's just, let's just get the framing out there. Let's get it built. And then I'll worry about that stuff. I always have to say, no, you need to worry about it. Now you need to make these decisions now because it will cost you more money later. And that's a fact.
2: So it's a good idea. Think Here, about it. Here's another tip that you didn't mention. When you're choosing your deck boards, 12, 16, and 20, those are your lengths. Where those two boards come together, where two boards meet, we'll call that a butt joint, uh, where the, the ends of the two boards come together. Um, that will always be on a joist because that's where you will fasten to the joist. But where two come together, you'll need to double up the joist in that spot. You can scab on a block uh, where where the butt joint happens. It needs to be about seven inches long. Um, doesn't have to be a lot of money. You're going to have scrap laying all over the place anyways because you've cut in all these joists. But it is important to note that you do have to double up the, the joist uh, where there's a butt joint.
1: Yeah, no, that's a very good tip. It uh, If you don't and you try to get both boards on one tiny joist with one clip,
2: it's going to fail. Yeah, you don't want to do You're asking that. for trouble. Four clips, four screws. Okay, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more framing tips for Trex decking and other... Trex Products. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your Weekend Warriors, and we'll be right
0: back. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the
1: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, if you haven't already, go check out our Instagram and Facebook, our YouTube channels, our Pinterest page. We're at Show. Uh, go check that out. If you've missed any portion of this show or any of our other shows, you can go listen to those on podcast. We're on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple or Google Play. Uh, we're Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. So if whatever you, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can go find ours there. And if you can't, shoot us an email and we'll uh, try to get it hosted up where you listen to them. Uh, our email address is weekendwarriorsatpar.com. That's P-A-R-R
2: dot com. Absolutely. Check it out. We love it. We, hope, we like to hear stuff from our listeners. If you listen to the show and you have thoughts, share thoughts. Just go onto the website there and and send us an email or leave us a message there. Uh, we absolutely love to hear from. If you've got something you want us to talk about, you got a a topic you want us to tackle, uh, yeah, absolutely. Send us an email or leave a message on our website, and we will most certainly tackle it. Yeah, our website is
1: www.homeshow.com. www.homeshow.com. Pretty easy. Yep. So uh, today we're talking about Trex Trex decking right now. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about framing and the things to consider when building your framing. And we've talked a lot about things to consider that are going to affect the cost in the long run. Um, Are there any other things that people should think about? I can think of one uh, when doing the framing or ordering material, for instance, uh, what you need to do. You got
2: any, Tony? Well, yeah, I mean I I think something that we didn't mention that you have to have forethought. If you wait until the decking is down and you're starting to install your handrail. Well, what kind of a handrail did you choose? Right. How are those posts being installed? Handrail posts can be installed in at least 3 ways that I'm that I'm sure of. There is a there is a surface mount which bolts right down to the, through the the top, through the top of your deck. Yeah. Yep. There is a, a fascia mount that installs on the fascia or on the side of your deck, and there's also an inside mount where you mount like a pressure treated or non pressure treated four x four down in the decking structure in the frame, and then a post sleeve goes over the top of that. So so there's three different applications: fascia surface and inside Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to have made the decision ahead of time in order to be prepared with your framing um before you put your decking down
1: yeah if you put your decking down and then realize that you need to put go up and put tons of blocking in there for your posts for your
2: surface mount posts or
1: cut holes out square holes out and try to figure out how to slide that in there and then go up and try to nail it from the other
2: it's a nightmare. Nightmare. It's costing a lot of money and a lot of time.
1: Yeah, so you want to figure that out before. Right. If uh, if you have surface mount posts, posts like with Trek's um, signature railing, they have an aluminum signature railing, they call it, and those f- mount directly to the top de- of the deck, and you bolt down through, and there's a very specific blocking detail that you have to follow using, you know, double... Uh, pieces of wood and another piece of wood on the side and all kinds of screws that screw that together because a railing system has how many pounds it's 500 pounds 500 pounds of lateral force that it has to uphold and the railing could be the strongest railing in the world but if it's not attached to your deck properly, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. and the railing are going over.
2: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I actually have a story about is that. is everything. Yeah. We
1: we rented a house, a vacation rental house uh, here in uh, in Oregon, Central Oregon. And a very popular place to go, and someone when we got there, they had this gigantic beautiful trex deck. I'm not kidding you. It was probably 1500 square feet. Gigantic wrapped around the house. Tons of railing, tons of uh, uh, seating and benches and all this stuff, gorgeous. They probably spent a fortune on it. However, I went over to it, we were hanging out there, and I put my hand on it, and the whole railing, I mean, it probably had 80, 90 feet of rail, and it was all wobbly together. I could not believe it. The posts were six foot on center, but they used the post, the sleeve over post method, which is like the Trex transcends. And all they did was they nailed the four by four PT down to the top of the decking. No. On four sides, Ugh. two nails on each side, just nailed it to the
2: decking. What were they thinking? Unbelievable, yeah, right? Unbelievable. I mean, that is, that is the only thing standing between, um, someone, uh, s- falling to their death. Honestly. Uh, that's just, there's just so much liability there. Um, you have to pay attention to how the handrail is intended to be installed, and you need to think about it before you deck your deck, right? So the framing is very important, whether you're putting in backer boards or blocking or or doubling up your joist to accept your your handrail posts and parts and pieces. You just need to focus that. Uh, focus on that ahead of time. Yeah, make those decisions
1: and then consult the installation manual, which has every blocking detail for the railing that you've chosen in that book. Right. So do that beforehand. Otherwise, you're going to save your, You're going to cost yourself a ton of money and a ton of time. So uh, another one, Tony, is lighting. Trex lighting is very, very popular. It looks amazing. It's, it all's made custom to fit and go with your Trex decking and railing systems. So I highly recommend it. And it's very easy to install if you take the proper steps ahead of time. For instance, we're working on this project uh, for a video series that we're doing. The deck is 14 feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. So do you think it would be easier to go up there and drill holes from the bottom side and try to fish those wires through the top bef- after, or I Ab- think it'd be man. easier before.
2: Absolutely not. You definitely want to you want to determine where your wire is. G- There's multiple reasons why. Pre-drilling is one, right? Yes. You don't want to be trying to pre-drill your deck from the bottom after it's decked and fishing wires up through. You don't want to be doing that. So that's one really good reason to do that. Here's another one. You have to hook those wires into a transformer. That transformer has to be plugged into an outlet on your home. And it's that's, more than meets the eye. That's Trust r- me. That's <laughs> that's how it gets its power, right? So that you got to know where the transformer is going to be. Then you have to. Then you'll know where your wires are coming from, and then you'll know how much wire you need and where you're going to run it to. And then, of course, you can pre-drill your holes and run that wire ahead of time leaving plenty of footage at each post. If you just, if you're going to have some lighted post caps. So all of those things are important at the framing stage. If you wait until after it's decked, you'll just wish you hadn't, or you know what probably will happen. You'll decide not to do it. And then you will not get to benefit from all of this amazing extras that make your Trex deck amazing. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good assumption right there. Or, uh, um,
1: yeah, you'll just, be dis-
2: you'll just be discouraged to the point where you don't want to tackle it and you wished you would have thought about it ahead of time.
1: Well, and that's the, where we come in. For the homeowners that are paying a contractor, right? The homeowners that have a contractor come in, if you spring this on them, hey, I was thinking about putting lighting in. What do you think? Contractors is going to go, oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to, that's, it's way too late right now. But if you want it, it's going to cost you extra. Yeah. That's right. Same thing with railing. Oh, I've changed my mind and I want to go with fascia mount railing, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of the one that we discussed or the one that you're building already. I mean,
2: it's just, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Well, contractors love change orders so much that they charge you twice as much. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, you gotta to try to keep those to a minimum as much as possible. But um, as far as framing tips, I think we've covered most of it. Um, we need to talk a little bit about um, fascia and uh, risers and also the fasteners that are used in those applications. There's actually three different kinds of screws that you'll be using on your deck uh, when you're installing tracks. So we need to kind of break those down yeah. and talk about that stuff. We gotta take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, more Weekend Warriors with Tony and Corey. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now. Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome
1: back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about treks and uh, things to consider when uh, building a treks deck, maybe designing a treks deck, and uh, we've also been trying to give you some tips on ways to get the most dollar, the most uh, money, value, value for, for the yeah. money that you're spending. And, you know, it's interesting because in that, people don't think a lot about that. They kind of see what they have and they say, yeah, this is what it is and this is what I'm going to get. But a couple of the tips we gave you were to uh, measure out your deck and figure out what's going to get you the most deck size for the deck board size. And Trex decking comes in 12 foot, 16 foot and 20 foot. So if you plan around that accordingly, then you're going to get the biggest deck that you can possibly get. Uh, for the for the money and for the you know that you're spending on the deck boards because the deck boards by far are the basic biggest expense. Uh, same thing goes for railing. Uh, Tony gave a good tip on if you've got a lower deck uh, as soon as you hit that 30 inch mark from the ground to that ra- or S- surface deck of the deck. surface yeah. you potentially depending on your local jurisdiction, but you could have to put railing on it and railing is really expensive. So if you can figure out a way, either by having a step down out of your house, onto the deck surface maybe, uh, and just reducing that down to the
2: ground a little bit lower, I've seen it. I saw a, uh, I'm just going to share something that it's funny, that I think is funny. I saw a um, reality TV show, and on this reality TV show, this guy had just built a deck, and the inspector was coming out to inspect it. And the inspector came out and said, hey, look, you're surface of your deck is 30 30 inches more than 30 inches off of the ground you have to put a handrail in here and the guy's like i'm not putting a handrail on this it's too much money it's a lot of money so the inspector said well i'm not passing this deck until you put a handrail so the inspector leaves and the guy has this idea this is what i'm going to do i'm going to build up flower beds all the way around the deck and so he built up 12 inch tall flower beds all the way around the deck to Raise the ground level in order to make his deck uh, appear to be lower. Um, I'm not even going to. Uh, I'm not even going to go into that. I'm just saying I thought it was very funny. Whether it worked or didn't work,
1: I don't know. Funny story is I know somebody that did that in real life, and not with a Trex deck or a railing system, but it had to do with some other code regarding his gas meter. It's somebody we've had on this show. Really? The gas meter was slightly too high, just ever so slightly too high. And they were like, oh, well, you got to lower that down. Well, that costs a ton of money because, I mean, it's the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So uh, he brought in a couple pieces of PT and filled it with dirt and boom, done. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So And he got away with it, huh? He did get away with it. The guy came out and said, yeah. yeah, good enough. Passed it. Yep. And it literally had something to do with whoever, the meter reader, whoever that is, walking up and being able to see it. But at that point, they were all drive-by meter readings. It's all radio controlled now. Nobody walks up and reads meters anymore. No, no, yep,
2: absolutely. So it's kind of a funny thing. So anyway, yeah, giving some forethought to your deck from beginning to end. Right. Visualize your entire deck being completed from beginning to end and and have all of that thought or conversation with someone that that can give save you a whole bunch of money and time and uh, give you a a better chance at having a super successful deck project. So Uh uh that all happens at the framing we we talked about before we went to the break that that there are several different types of screws. Here's the first one. The the decking boards that you buy are available two ways, what they call edge grooved and non-grooved. The edge grooved boards have a groove that goes down both sides of the board. And when you put two grooved boards together, you can use a Trex hideaway clip to hold those two deck boards down. The, The clip has sort of got two wings and the wings fit into the grooves and the screw goes down through the middle into the joist and when the screw tightens down against the clip, down to the joist, the two wings that come out hold the edge grooved treks down. And uh, you end up fastening your deck to the structure without putting any holes in the surface of the deck, which is really um, smart and will it will potentially extend the life of your deck, right?
1: Yeah. When that's you, another
2: one of those weak points. We yeah. talked about the, the
1: framing. But another one is exactly like you said. In any cedar deck, you've probably seen it before, uh, the the deck cedar starts to go bad right where the screw is. Right. Because it it's right there,
2: yeah, right it's to the surface of the deck. Poking hole that goes right down into the middle, and it's most susceptible down there in the middle, right? So it's the same with anything. So any, as much as you can avoid putting fasteners through the surface of your deck, it's a good idea to do it. You can't do it always, but you can do it mostly and so that's that's one type of screw that's used on a deck when you use grooved boards and blind fastening, those hideaway clips and screws hold the decking down. Well, you have that in an application everywhere, except like on your stair treads. On your stair treads, you don't want your boards to be edge grooved because that edge groove will not be hidden. So you wanna use S4S boards or non-grooved boards on your stair treads, and also if you're picture framing your deck or not, the last board or the edge board all the way around your deck, you will also want to be non-grooved because you don't want to have that grooved, unfinished edge facing out. So Well, and it
1: is notable, sorry to interrupt you, but it is notable that Trex has changed their stance on fascia. It used to be acceptable to put your fascia over top of the end of the deck.
2: Yeah, hold it up.
1: Hold it up. So you, what that means is, so your deck board would come out flush with
2: the edge of your deck, and then your fascia board would cover that. that Creating a gap there between the end of the deck board and the fascia board, right. which is not, there's no place for it to go. It's trapped yeah. there. So it uh, they've reversed that, and now they
1: say that your deck board must go over and cover the top of your fascia board. So your fascia board goes on, your deck board goes over top of that. So it's important to know that ahead of time.
2: Yep, absolutely. And just another one of those things you need to pay attention to uh, going into the project. The two other types of screws are that uh, where where you're putting your S4S boards down, your edge boards or your front stair tread board, that's going to have to be fastened through the face. Those will be the only places on your deck where you have to fasten through the face with the exception of, and that's a different screw, of course. That's not a clip screw. Uh, that's like a Captor or a Cortex. Well, we should talk about those
1: real quick, too, because there's there's
2: different types you can do. Yeah, we should talk about those. Um, but before we, before we do that, the third type of screw is a special screw that's made for the fascia. The fascia is the 12-inch uh, skirt board that goes around the deck. It's the very last thing to go on, usually. And the fascia finishes off around the edge of your deck. We were just talking about that. It now has to butt up underneath the bottom of your decking. But you don't want to take a screw and fasten that fascia tight to the frame. That's, we've found that the fascia, one by 12 fascia, moves a lot with heat and cold, expansion and contraction, which was causing the fasteners to fail. So they, they devised a way that you drill a hole, pre-drill a hole, and you put the fastener in there and you sort of hang the fascia from the fastener. It's kind of the same premise as vinyl siding, I think. You they will tell you that you hang vinyl siding. Yeah, you don't nail it
1: tight. You just kind of put the fastener in and it hangs. It kind of holds it there because of the expansion and contraction.
2: Allows it to move around without binding and causing it to get all bound thrust. up. Yeah. F- bound up and snap aroo. Well, that's what'll happen is it'll snap the fastener. Right. So that's what this thing is. This is exactly the same way. The head is actually really big around to cover the hole so you can't see it, even though you're not driving it tight. So pre drill the hole, use the fastener, the, the big head covers it, but those are stainless steel screws and they're intended specifically for fascia. the fascia. So those are the three different types of screws.
1: Well, the other ones that you had mentioned were a uh, Captor and Cortex. Cortex. Uh, they sound very similar, but they're different. Captor Screws a manufacturer that makes color-matched screws. They, they paint the tops of them, and when you screw them down, say you're doing a surface screw on the, on the deck, they, they color-match them so it matches so nice, they almost disappear. Right. Uh, for your picture frames or for your stair treads, I prefer that people do S4S boards with uh, top-mount screws. It's just much more stronger than the uh, hideaway clips in that application mm-hmm. another option is the cortex cortex and what those are is a screw that you drill down and it the head is designed in such a way that it creates a void and the screw uh goes, goes past, past, the, past surface. the surface into like a quarter of an inch, mm-hmm. and then they give you these little plugs made out of the same decking that you just tap in the hole, and
2: they disappear. Yeah, that is absolutely very, very cool, and another really good way to surface fasten your trek deck. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this.
0: To the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm
2: Tony Cookston.
1: Today we're talking about Trex decking and every well, all that is Trex. And we're trying to give you some tips on uh, things to consider when building your deck. Uh, but we're also talking about different products and how to get the most uh, value, value from your dollar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a deck is a big investment. And it's something that you put a lot of time and effort into and money. And it's also a place where you spend a lot of time. Outdoor living, as we all know, is very important, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we only get a few months of nice weather a year, it seems like, and you want to spend that outside. That's right. So uh, Trex makes a a lot of products. I mean, it really is an outdoor living company. Mm-hmm. So we've, uh, we've kind of been going over some... Uh, Things that, like I said, things that you need to consider when you're building, and uh, also things that would give you uh, the most, you know, value value for your uh, dollar. Right. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about about the different trekking. or I'm sorry, trekking, treks decking. <laughs> they're uh, trekking, all right. They they kind of go by the good, better, best, um, you know, idea where they're 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 Bottom line, uh, or or their value board is what they kind of refer to it as. Their Trex Enhanced Basics. It's their entry level. Uh, it's got uh, it's a little bit narrower and a little bit thinner. It's a little less material, uh, but it also um, is has scallops on the back. It's cut out on the back. A little less material goes into it. Uh, they do make it in the S4S boards, which means surfaced on four sides. It's square on four edges. So you're not going to have any grooves on each side of it, and they also make a grooved version. They make both twelve foot, sixteen foot, and twenty foot. And though the Trex Enhanced Basics comes in like three colors, three or four colors, and that's clamshell, it. beach dune, and saddle.
2: Yeah, which is a gray color, a very typical brown, l- light brown color. Yeah, and then a kind of dark brown color. Yeah, yeah. And
1: absolutely. that's all they make. That's all you get. There's no. A uh, variegation in the surface of it. It's just plain value and it's a good value. I mean, the price on those deck boards is really good.
2: Here's the thing, uh, Trex really wanted to go after the wood decking market. Obviously you have um, pressure treated decking and cedar decking, which holds a large piece of market share. And Trex wanted to go after that, right? We can get that. We gotta we gotta create a product that is that is uh competitively priced to compete with those products and and simply stated they did. At a dollar seventy five per lineal foot, the Trex Enhance Basics product is competing with wood decks and uh it is a very great value for that money. Yeah, no it's hard question. to beat it. It's 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 hard to beat it for sure. So uh, yeah, that's, their, that's what
1: they're calling They're good. It's their good line. It's a great product for the money. If you want something that looks a little better and you don't want the, just the three plain colors, they make what's called Trext Enhanced Naturals. And the Enhanced Naturals comes in uh, five colors. They call them Coastal Bluff, Foggy Wharf, Rocky Harbor, Sunset Cove, and toasted sand. I'd say all of those colors.
2: All of those. Yeah. All of those colors could describe a, 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 a beach in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> or somewhere.
1: It's almost like you could envision yourself on a coastal bluff and think what that color looks like. Yeah. Foggy wharf. Same thing. It's like a grayish. <laughs> yeah. With black streaks. Uh, but what those colors offer you is a base color and then some, other darker. variegation in there. Yeah. Other colors mixed in there and it looks very natural and it looks really good and the price on those that's what we call their better line and uh it's they're good it still comes with that a little bit less material a little bit thinner a little bit narrower but if you're trying to get a really nice looking deck for a very good price you can't beat trucks yeah at about, at about
2: 239 a foot that comes in there and competes with Premium lengths in cedar at about two nineteen a foot. And of course, this is what we're talking about right now. These prices, of course, subject to change. But but uh, it's still competing uh, with a with a little bit more, bringing a little bit more to the table. It's still it's still competitive. A little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And uh, another one. Uh, so if you go up in the the world of decking, what they call their better is their Trex Select Earth Tones. Uh, this has Lots of this one, two, three, four, five different colors as well. It's a little bit thicker, it's solid through, there's no uh scallops on the back. Uh, but you get your kind of your
2: classic Trex colors. Yeah, this is also a, tr- a classic Trex wood grain. This is the oldest looking of all of the products that they sell, the yeah. most, most like what they were selling in the early 90s.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it, the colors stand the test of time, they're very popular. They come in Madeira, Pebble Gray, Saddle, Winchester Gray, and, and Woodland, Woodland Brown. Brown.
2: Yeah. Very, very common, popular colors, no question yep. about it. And they look great. They
1: uh, the colors, the the it's a capped composite. All of their products, as a matter of fact, are a capped composite. They they've gotten a hundred percent away from the exposed composite look.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it's a it's a great product. They call that their better line. Uh, their best line would be the what would call what we would call the Trex Transcends, and Trex Transcends is the thickest, it's the widest, and it comes in a ton of colors. They call them Earth tones and Tropicals, and you can get them in golly
0: yes, spot, ten different colors. Yep,
1: that's right. So whatever fits your project the best, and honestly, you can mix and match if you like. Like we were talking about earlier with earlier with picture framing. You can do the field in one color and then do the perimeter in a darker color or a lighter color. There's so many options there. And the colors really go with each other. They complement each other very well.
2: Yeah. It really is a really uh a really attractive product. I mean, it really is, every, really. Everything. <laughs> Sorry. Everything that they make is is very attractive, easy on the eyes. And it makes you want to buy and use that product. I, I absolutely love it. Well, and again,
1: all of the color-matched uh, screws and fasteners and hidden fasteners available in all their products. Uh, so it it looks really good. Now, the other thing that it comes with is fascia and riser. That's we right. We should talk about the difference between fascia and riser real quick.
2: Yeah. Uh, a riser board is a board that goes... Um, behind your stair. So when you take a step onto your first stair, we call that the tread. And that tread is going to be decked with two pieces of five quarter by six, or what they call four quarter by six, right? Regular deck boards. Uh, before you step up to the next tread, there is there would be an open area there underneath this, each stair tread. That area gets closed up with a stair riser. It's a half an inch by seven and a quarter, I mm-hmm. think, is the yep. total dimension. And uh, those pieces close that gap underneath your stairs. So stair tread riser, stair tread riser, stair tread, tread riser. And then also, like the riser, comes a fascia, which is a, which is a half by 11 and a quarter. And that goes to wrap the skirt of your deck. So that makes those no difference. And that comes on all the colors that the decking comes in. We actually have to take another quick break. When we come back, more Weekend Warriors. Don't go away.
0: To the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Mar lumber Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us today. We're talking about Trex decking, and uh, the last segment we were talking about the different types of decking, and. Uh, the fascias and risers and the difference. You know, we're talking about risers. Some people call those kickboards. I've yeah. heard them called kickboards sure. before. I was trying to explain it to somebody the other day. I was like, oh, the riser. They were like, "What? what is a
2: riser? I'm like, well, you know, goes behind the back of the step, and he says, the kickboard? I'm like, okay, there you go. Do you know why they named it riser? Because when you talk about a set of stairs, you talk about the rise and the run. And the run, that's right. The run is the distance, and the rise is the climb, right? So... Your each tread will be uh is considered to be a twelve inch tread, and uh, so that's your run. So if you have five steps, then you're gonna come out onto the deck five feet. And if you have five steps, the rise is seven inches or seven and a quarter, as it were. And so if so, if you, you have
1: small feet, because you have a smaller run. Just wondering.
2: No, I think not. I think uh, <laughs> you just have to deal with big feet stairs. <laughs> People with big feet stairs. Uh, but if you have a, a rise of five steps, then you've got a rise of you know three feet. So that's how that is figured out. That's why they call that a riser, because it covers up the rise yeah. between your treads, which just a- makes perfect sense. Uh, so, Corey, we talked about f- pressure-treated framing material that is used to frame your deck, and we talked about taking all these things into consideration during the framing portion of your deck. And we've talked about how the wood structure under your decking is really the weak point of your deck because it's up against the ground, it's trapped underneath there with uh, moisture and humidity, and it's really got the toughest job. Trying to stay alive and be viable and working properly, properly is the hardest thing for the structure of your deck because it's just submitted to all of this difficulty right yeah well it's the biggest weakest point it's the weakest point of every deck that's right well it's because wood while it's less expensive than other things that do that that job uh it is susceptible to failure yeah expansion and contraction
1: rot uh decay bugs yeah i mean typical you know bugs typically bugs don't destroy pressure treated wood typically can happen but uh not typical but what happens usually over time is the expansion and contraction and the moving around of everything fire yeah (laughs) all that stuff yeah so yeah i mean if that's a good one fire because trex makes a product called trex elevations and it's a steel deck framing system and the joists they span further the beams they span further. There's there's a lot of pluses to it. It's not for everybody. It is uh, it is a bit more expensive than a wood frame. But if say you live in Central Oregon where there's a high chance of maybe a forest fire and you're worried about that, um, you don't have to worry about the deck burning up. It's made out of metal. Right. Uh, there's a lot of pluses and minuses to it. You know, it's going to be completely flat, hundred
2: percent flat. Be the flattest deck you've ever used. Yeah, if you're using pressure-treated wood, which is very common, almost everybody does. If you're using pressure-treated wood, it does have industry tolerances in its thickness and its width and also its length. And so when you when you when the when the those tolerances are exercised, right, you find that some of your boards are a little bit wider or thicker uh-huh. or taller, uh-huh. and some of your boards are you know a little shorter or narrower or thinner. And when you put those all together. On a long run, like 20 or 30 or 40 feet, and you put this uh, composite decking on the top of it, the composite decking is going to take the shape of the support system underneath it. And so if it's moving around a lot, you can get this sort of wavy look in your composite decking. That is not the composite decking's fault. It's not. Right. It is the treated wood that you've put in there or whatever type of wood you've used in there. If you're using Trex Elevations, for example, you get a very consistent, solid, flat, strong, perfect reveal on your decking when you lay your decking Every down. time. Yeah, every time. So it is a really amazing product. Certainly is worth the extra money that you pay for it. Um, like you said, it's not for everybody, uh, but it is, it is a product that they make and it is available. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. It does take
1: a bit to talk about it and get it installed. And, you know, It's not typically a homeowner type prod- product. You'd want to have a contractor install it who's familiar with steel framing. It doesn't nail together like wood. It uses, you know, Simpson ZMAX, you know, L70 clips and other different things to fasten it together. And you also have to use special deck screws. They uh, That's like a tech screw. They self-tap into the Trek's elevation. So, it's it's a whole system that you really just have to look at. So, another really good product Trex makes that, um, in my opinion, it costs a bit more on the front side, but it will save you a a lot of money in the long run. If you want to talk about longevity, Trex decking is going to last a long time. It's like a twenty
2: five year warranty,
1: yeah, right? It's just on for it. the warranty. Yeah, but we all know that it's it's made from plastic and wood. It's not going to rot. So. You want to have your structure live lo- as long as you're decking. And to help that, you could either go with elevations or spend a lot less money on rain escapes.
2: Hey, wait, now rain escapes is a water management system. It's an under deck water management system, right? Mm-hmm. So what does a what does a water management system do to protect or l- elongate the life of your Frame. I don't understand. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, Trex, the
1: the system itself is an under decking, over, uh, framing water management system. So that means that the uh, the product gets put between the decking itself and the joists. So inherently, you yes, you are managing the water away from the deck anything that falls through but you're also keeping it
2: completely off of the deck framing your framing will never get wet well so that's going to extend the life of it right there because honestly like you said it gets wet and it dries out and it gets wet and it dries out right Mm -hmm, yeah it shrinks and grows and shrinks and grows and that causes it to break down and get uh to and get cracks and and uh all of those things that cause it to lose its strength and ultimately in the end rod or right. whatever it is that happens right. there. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, a, a water management, an under-deck water management system or water drainage system. Well, it essentially waterproofs the deck. And what
1: the I mean by that... The underneath side of the deck. Yeah, the underneath side of the deck. So you create kind of a uh, a waterproof living area underneath the deck. And it allows you to do a lot of different things. You can run electrical wire through... Uh, You can install can lights, fans, speakers, anything you want. Wood soffiting on the underside of your deck. Wow. Because the top side is waterproof. You're not letting any any of that moisture through as long as it's installed correctly. And they have a full line of products made out of butyl tape. They have a special caulking. uh, And all of those products put together create a waterproof
2: membrane. Yeah, this is another one of those products that we talked about that you want to give a lot of thought to prior to him building your deck because there are things during the framing that you will want to make sure that you do or don't do in order to accommodate for a Rain Escapes product. Right. And uh, and also, you would want to consider what portion of your deck you, you want to have covered, right? hmm mm-hmm. And then... If you have, like we talked about earlier, um, if you have a cantilever where your deck hangs over the support beam, if your support beam runs the length of the deck and your deck hangs over that a little bit, you'll probably consider not putting Rain Escapes in the cantilever because you're going to have your railing is going to be out there and your wiring for your lighting is going to be out there and it can cost you some extra money in materials and labor to do that. While it can be done, yeah, can't say you can't do it. Right. It just will take you some more labor and more materials, which yeah, is going to cost you more money to get it. You're adding
1: complexity to the system. By any any penetration through the system is adding complexity and potential leaks, which will cause,
2: you know, you to spend more money. Right. We gotta take a quick break. So hang in there. We're coming right back.
0: to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the
1: Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, if you haven't already, go check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest pages. Uh, if you want to find us, we're at WW Home Show. Uh, you can always go to our website. It's www.homeshow.com. Or if you can't find that, you can go to par.com. That's P-A-R-R dot com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link, and uh, that'll take you to all of our sites, including our podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if you can't find it on there, let us know. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll we'll see if we can get our podcast uploaded where you get yours yes absolutely and uh, our email address is weekendwarriors at com. so feel free to use that we love hearing from our listeners and uh, answering questions or you can always drop us a note on facebook if you'd like uh, but we do have tons of videos up on youtube really good informational stuff uh for anybody from the contractor
2: to the homeowner and uh it's fun, yeah. It is it's a really good time. Before it's we went to the, before we went to the break, we were talking about Trek's rain escapes, and we were talking about the the fact that it adds longevity to the life of the frame of your deck, which adds longevity to your deck as a whole. And of course, it affords you square footage of outdoor living space, which we know from years of following the cost versus value report when it comes to home values that uh, some of the best percentages that you get back uh, on return on your investment are outdoor living spaces. Yep. So, so it's it's a very good investment to to add outdoor living space and protect the longevity of the life of your deck. Well,
1: especially in that application, you're adding living space underneath a structure that you were already building. Right. I mean you're right. not you don't have to build a patio cover you're you're building your deck that you were already building so I mean it's it's a no-brainer in my opinion yeah so it really adds so and the other aspect of that was uh, saving your investment uh, trex rain escapes adds a level of protection to your deck that is unparalleled right I mean you're literally allowing no moisture to hit your deck right. So, also with that, there's another product, if you don't end up going with rain escapes, you can use a product called Trex Protect. And what that is, it's a butyl rubber tape, it's a black butyl rubber tape that is an inch and a half wide. And you just spread that out, you tape all of the tops of your joists, your beams, and what that allows for that to happen is or what happens is it what doesn't allow moisture to soak in through the top of the of the joist. And we all know that when your joist is sitting there and your decking is sitting on top of it, you're just creating a space that doesn't really allow water to get away. To get away. So it sits in there, it soaks in, and will rot your joists eventually. You know, pressure-treated wood kind of has this misconception that it's it's going to last forever.
2: Right. But it doesn't. It does last a long time. Um, it, lasts, it lasts a lot longer than untreated wood. Right. But not forever. But it is treated only to
1: refusal. They push as much chemicals into that piece of wood as possible, and that's it. So if you cut a piece of pressure-treated wood in half, let's say a 4 by 4 you'll see that it only penetrates
2: in between a half and three-quarters of an inch. Is it penetrates to the wood's refusal? Is it to the point where the wood just says, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> no more. I'm out. I'm, I'm not, done. I'm not taking on any more of your chemical. Pretty much. Yeah, I get it. It just
1: doesn't, just doesn't take any more.
2: Yeah, it does not soak all the way through to the core. It gets in there a ways, and it does a good job, and it lasts a lot longer than untreated wood, but it doesn't last forever. Well, on a side
1: note, I'm sorry to uh, to switch gears here. but Derail. Um, honestly, that's why a lot of people's fences fall apart far before they think they should a lot of times what happens is they they set the post right and they put their fencing on and they get everything level and then they come back later and to level everything off they just cut the top of the fence post
2: off yep bing 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 yep and expose that yep you're exposing raw wood down at the bottom it's like opening up your front door yep in december and just <laughs> leaving it open And then what happens is the water soaks in and it rots the post out. Yep. Even though it's treated. Yeah.
1: That's why I always tell people, if you're building a fence, put a top cap on. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. It costs like a tiny bit of money, but it acts as like a little roof over your entire fence and it will increase the longevity of your fence tenfold.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're talking about fence, and I know that's not really what we're talking about here today, but I'm just going to throw this in because you said it um when you're setting fence posts i'm building a fence at home right now so i'm I'm, it's really close to my heart. when you set your fence posts in the concrete in the ground uh don't let your concrete settle down flat because if you let the concrete that you pour around your post settle down flat the when it rains the water will sit on the top of that concrete and it will just sit there and eat away at the edge of your post and that's why uh even pressure treated posts for fence posts they rot away right there at the ground level because the water sits on top of that concrete and just eats away at it. So cone shape your concrete right around your post right down there. Yeah. So it causes the water to shed away and run away. The uh, Another quick tip there is to put a little bit of gravel in the bottom
1: of the fence post hole so the water won't uh, sit there and pool at the bottom of your post. Right. Um, but the same could be said for a deck post. You know, in the framing, if you're burying your posts into the ground, it's going to be dealing with the same sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, a product like Trax Protect that covers up the tops of the deck is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely a good insurance policy to keep your frame around and working properly longer. Yeah. You know, we need to move into uh, away from rain escapes and move into handrails. We need to be talking about handrails. There's a uh, ton. There's Trex so many offers handrails. so many different types of handrails and some really unique looks that I feel like we should talk about some of them. I'm gonna jump right to one that I want to talk about for a second. Uh, they make a product called Rod Rail, and Trex's Rod Rail is kind of their answer for stainless steel tension cable, cable, right? And uh, because it's a horizontal, um. A horizontal what do you rod call it? rod that's yeah, right they're it's aluminum a, rod yeah, it's a horizontal rod and and uh and it looks a lot like a like a tension cable rail but of course the rod is a little bit bigger Corey and I built a couple of sections of this um a while back and it is such a great product super sturdy and strong really sleek and contemporary looking and uh I really love that section of rail and I, I would recommend that to anybody. Uh, it just is a really good looking, forward thinking Oh, rail. yeah. Indoor and out again. In yeah, m- we, 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 we actually installed it inside of my house. That's right. That's right. And it looks really good on the inside of the house.
1: Yeah, you can go check that video out if you want to on our YouTube channel. Uh, it turned out really, really great. And uh, I would highly recommend it. But uh, Trex does, like you said, they make a lot of different railing profiles in different types uh, from aluminum. In aluminum, they make the rod rail. The picket, uh, there's a glass option if you want to use glass, uh, and then what they call a wire mesh. It's a very modern, sleek looking, it almost looks like hog rail. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or, Wild hog, panel. or a, or a uh, no climb fence or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it's uh, very
2: rural, it's very country. It, is.
1: it looks, uh, to me, it looks very modern, but uh, really? some people think it looks, yeah.
2: I, I think it looks rustic. Yeah,
0: not
1: too interesting. Me. Yeah,
2: it's, anyways, it's cool. It's, yeah, it's good looking. Uh, but
1: also with that, they make a, a product out of their decking product that's a composite, and they make two different styles Trex Select Railing and Trex Transcend Railing. And really, it comes down to uh, the options that are available in those lines, and there's different colors, different pickets. Like, you there's so much to choose from. It is it'll make your head spin
2: yeah i agree with that it's absolutely the truth and uh, and we actually have some more railings uh, still to cover when we come back But we got to take a quick break uh don't go away you're listening to tony core your Week in warriors we'll be right back
0: Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about Trex and all the different products uh, that Trex makes. And we're trying to give you some tips, things to consider uh, if you're planning on building your own deck or if you plan on having a deck built for you. Uh, But there's a lot of things that you need to think about in the design process, Uh, things that will save you money in the long run, and maybe some
2: things that will, you know, create more value in your deck alone. Here's a prime example. Uh, Most railing sections are available in six foot and eight foot lengths. So you'll be looking for sections of your deck that you're going to be railing. And how long is that? Uh, if you've got a 12-foot section, that's going to be two foot, two six-foot sections, and that's easy. But if you've got a four-foot section and then another three-foot section, um, what do you do with that? You take an eight footer and you can cut that down to whatever you need. All of these parts after you've cut them down are still viable for use. So you can turn an eight foot section into two, two foot sections and a four foot section. Absolutely. You just have to add posts. So it's important to note where do your posts need to be? How much footage of rails section is going to be? necessary for that area and just map that thing out and use of course as little is as is absolutely necessary and there's no sense in having waste you don't want to have waste if you can avoid it here's another important tip wherever you have stairs and railing going down your stairs the posts at the bottom will be taller they will be a 45 inch post instead of a 39 and a half inch post and uh, that's because of the the angle of the rail that's coming down. And of course it has to maintain a certain distance from the ground. Here's tip number three, and this is important. We had a conversation about this today. Some jurisdictions will require a different height of rail in different applications. For example, 36 inch rail from the surface of your deck to the top of the top rail is pretty standard for most decks. But in some jurisdictions, you're required to have a 42 inch rail above eight feet or 10 foot or 12 foot. So a second or third story deck uh, in some jurisdictions that's required. So make sure that you, when you're deciding what your rail is going to be in before you order it, check with uh, certainly before you install it. Yeah. Check with the local jurisdictions and determine what rail is going to be compatible for what you need. And, uh, and then just decide what you want your railing to do for you. Do you want your railing to be as transparent as possible? Do you want you have a beautiful view and you don't want it to be obstructed, or do you maybe not have any view at all and you want your rail to be super beautiful and a uh, a conversation piece? You know, Trex offers rail that can come in totally customizable in three or four different colors. You can have a different post, different color posts, different color top and bottom rail, different color balusters, different color uh, post cap. All of that you can really make something that's unique to your place. And Trex allows you to do that, which is really, really cool. So whether it's a statement piece or you want to be able to look through it like you like it's not even there, Trex really solves all of those problems for you.
1: Yeah, you mentioned one thing about lighting and Trex lighting is a very easy system to figure out and install even yourself if you're even if you're having your deck built. Uh, you can do your own lighting. And it really comes down to, there's there's like three or four different lighting options you can choose from. There's a, a post cap that's lighted. Uh, they have uh, recessed lighting where you drill a hole into the surface of your deck. And then you press fit these lights down in. And then there's they're all LED. Yes, it's flush, right?
2: With the top of the deck. With decking. the top of the deck.
1: And uh, then you push the wiring through the bottom and hook it in. Uh, they also have these wedge lights that go onto your posts, so you can put lighting on every post. Downward, uh, You can. they have also... Under rail lighting. Under rail lighting and the uh, riser lights.
2: Riser lights, yeah.
1: And all of those are LEDs, so you can connect a fair amount of them to a transformer. And they supply a transformer that you can get from them. And all that does is plug into an outlet. That's right. It just right. plugs in. There's no... Uh, it's all low voltage, so there's no actually pulling wires from your breaker box or anything like that.
2: Yeah, and there's no wire nuts or anything weird. It's plug and play. It just uh you just plug it in and then you take a next section, and you plug it in, you take a next section. Sometimes you have some three ways where you got two coming in and one going out. All of those things, it's really very uh installation friendly yeah. and a super cool project. And lighting your deck, man oh man, it is. It is nice. It's an element that is it's
1: understated. You can't really appreciate it until you've been on one or seen one that has all the, the ambient light ambient lighting or ambiance lighting. It's super
2: luxurious, isn't it? It is. I remember it's like landscape light. I remember a time before I had uh under cabinet lighting in my kitchen. Oh my I remember a time before I had it and uh I just didn't know what I was missing. I love it. Me I ha- too. I
1: got it too, and I absolutely
2: yeah love it. Anyways, lighting's a great way to go. You know, we should talk a little bit about maintenance and uh, and, and about the warranty that's available that Trex offers. Yeah, Trex
1: has an amazing, amazing warranty. Uh, it's twenty five years on stayed, stain and fade, so it's it's just crazy twenty five years. Imagine, have you even have you ever lived in a house longer than twenty five years? Uh, no, <laughs> I haven't.
2: I have not. I have been in a house for 15, and that's a long time. It really is. They say the average person moves every five years. Wow. Yeah, 15 years is a long time, but it's in a dare home, and I love it. So uh, maybe that's why I've stuck around as long as I have. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 15 years in a home is a long time. But here's the thing. That's me and you, Right. There are people out there who want to be in their home for 25, 30, 35, sure, 40 sure. years. And this is this is why this product is right
1: up your alley. It is a very low-maintenance, high-performance product. And what I mean by low-maintenance is some some people get this idea that Trex is no-maintenance. I don't have to do anything to this rail ever or anything to this decking ever. Well, that's not entirely true. So let's talk a little bit about the maintenance
2: aspect of any composite deck. Yeah, it is definitely a low-maintenance product, but not a no-maintenance product. I mean, there's nothing out there that's no-maintenance. Anything, right? Ever? Um, A steel ball, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what would be no-maintenance. That's what I'm saying. A steel ball, maybe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) A steel?
2: (laughs) Like a pachinko ball.
1: In a dry space, in a dry area. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) maybe the can of corn in the back of your
2: (laughs) there's some kind of pantry maybe like dry rice or something that (laughs) you sit it on the counter and or in the pantry and it never moves yeah uh everything requires some maintenance or your grandma's decorating in this case um you know we've talked about mold growth and mildew growth before mold and mildew will grow on any surface um that it that it that will also hold dirt right? Or grime or whatever it is. Um, The the PVC or plastic decking that Trex is, it will not grow high density
1: polyethylene,
2: high density polyethylene will not grow mold, but it is still a vehicle for mold that grows on the particles that are sitting on it. So a clean deck will have no mold, but a dirty deck can actually have some mold on it, not on the decking, but on the product that's sitting on the decking. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. and you don't have to have a pressure washer or a power washer to clean your deck. You do not. A bucket and a stiff bristled brush and some soapy water is all you need. And you just need to put some elbow grease into it and uh, you can clean that stuff off your deck and it will come clean very easily. There are some things that can stay in the deck and I'm not going to tell you that i know uh, what all the items on the list are but you know there are some out there like i don't know super hot lava uh like <laughs> like, like tar yeah, maybe i mean i don't I, like i've some, never encountered one but some yeah. chemical that spilled out of a beaker somewhere you know i mean there are some things actually it can it can scratch it's super scratch resistant but if you get your box knife out and you know and you're intent on carving your initials into it, you, you can actually do that. Yeah. Um, so it,
1: There are some repairs for that, though. I mean, it, if you have a situation, uh, you can contact Trex and figure out solutions. But the other nice part about Trex that I really, really love, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, uh, they're hideaway clips. They screw down from the top. So it's a hidden fastening system that screws down from the top. So if you ruin a board... Just totally, say a dog gets out there and chews on it and ruins it. You can take those four or take the screws out along just that joist or just that deck board, pull the old one up, put a new one on, and screw it right back down. Yeah. You can't do that with anybody else's boards with a hidden fastening system because they're all at a weird angle and you have to take them all out from one side
2: all the way to the other. I wish I could do that with the bamboo in my dining room. (laughs) That would be nice, wouldn't it? All right, that's all the time we got. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.